This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury and welcome to Tech Talk today. I'm going to be speaking a little bit today, um, I guess about alternative energy and climate change and all of that kind of interesting stuff that we've spoken about a few times here on the show before. Uh, And to give you some background, the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC, uh, released the second part of their sixth assessment report on the state of the climate recently. The latest report has, for the first time, assessed the regional effect of climate change. And according to the assessment, there are several big cities of the world that are at risk. The report warned that Mumbai, for example, could face flooding due to rising sea levels. Now, to add to the mix, the energy demand in Southeast Asia is expected to rise by around 60% by 2040, in line with the region's rapid economic growth led by increasing industrial activities, growing population, and rising incomes. Governments are putting in measures previously, such as reducing carbon emissions across the region, but do these measures go far and fast enough? Is the onus only on the government to push climate policies? How can businesses support the government's efforts and make a meaningful contribution to the environmental mission? Now, on the phone with me right now, I have Thomas Bordlow. He is the CEO Energy Solutions for APAC and Southeast Asia and the head of ENGIE. Thomas, welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, thank you for joining me today. I understand you are a, a busy man. But let's let's get straight into it. In, just before we, we talk about how organizations can change and adopt better measures. Give me a a little bit of a background for those people at home about NG, if you could, please. Sure, with pleasure. So NG is a worldwide utility. We're we're one of the largest independent power producer. And we come from uh, the old utility world, as I always say. We used to be very carbon intensive in our way to uh, produce and distribute uh, energy. Mm-hmm. And about 2015, so seven years ago, we were the first IPP to publicly announce we would stop completely the development of coal and exit progressively coal. And uh, I'm quite happy to, to report that after uh, some years in, in transforming our uh, business model, Mm-hmm. Uh, we have now uh, almost completely exited uh, this uh, very carbon-intensive source of energy. And as a mm-hmm. result, we have slashed our CO2 emission by uh, more than 50%. And along this journey, what's very interesting is that we really took this opportunity to reinvent our business model. And now mm-hmm. uh, we are all about helping our clients, corporate cities, define and implement as well their own journey towards carbon neutrality. We have demonstrated that it was possible for a large utility like ourselves, and Mm. so we are helping others to do so. Mm -hmm. I find that fascinating, Thomas, because, you know, we hear so much talk nowadays about, you know, um, climate change and renewable energy and all of these kind of things, and we also hear a lot of pushback from whether or not they're utility companies or uh, other organizations about how slow these changes, you know, happen. 
Yet you guys did it in seven or eight years. You turned your entire business model around and everything. Um, how did you do it so quickly? So we, we really started with the, the 80-20. As, as I said, we targeted the part of our energy mix, which was the worst, which is coal. And, mm. you know, coal is a no-brainer. world yeah. has to exit this source of energy, and it has to exit it uh, very quickly. But the, the mm. journey uh, will be very upfront towards carbon neutrality is a long one, and it's something you cannot improvise. Mm. NG has committed as a whole uh, around all of its scope of activities, one, two, three, to become carbon neutral by 2045. So you see mm -hmm. the, the path ahead of us is still uh, uh, long, but we are very committed to, uh, to, to achieve it. We have a solid plan to do so. We are, we are mm -hmm. deploying massively uh, renewable energy sources all across the world. We are at a rhythm that puts us around 4 gigawatt additional uh, renewable capacity on a yearly basis and, and we move progressively towards six. So that, that's quite a massive mm -hmm. uh, deployment that will happen across the, across the world. And in parallel, we're working at making our gas because we have a strong gas component in our energy mix, which is very yeah. relevant today to yeah. balance the intermittency of renewable. But we are going to work progressively to make our gas green. And what does mm -hmm. it mean? It means to use more and more um, gas such as biomethane, which, has, which are green in nature, but also promote the deployment of green hydrogen, uh, mm. which I think will, will hold one of the key uh, to decarbonizing our economies uh, in mm -hmm. the future. That, it raises an interesting question then. Uh, you know, and you spoke about your clients and helping your clients. How do you think organizations can help uh, or, or rather can adopt better green measures and sustainable business practices? I mean, that, that feels like a, a fairly broad question, but, you know, is there a simple answer to that? The simple answer is that it is not something you, you improvise and uh, going carbon neutral is very dependent on each sector of activity. So yeah. when we help our clients, we generally start at, uh, at strategic level. It's a mm -hmm. C-level discussion. It's not really a, a discussion you have with procurement or even technical team. It's, it's a bit mm -hmm. counterintuitive. So you define what a journey towards carbon neutrality could look like for a specific industry. Mm -hmm. And then um, NG can come up with the, the different solutions, turnkey. We implement, we finance, we operate the solutions to help um, our clients really de-risk their transition. That, that's one of our uh, that's one of our specialties. Mm -mm. Okay, let, let's talk a little bit about then um, about the IPCC report um, for 2022, um, released very recently, and it, and it warned that if emissions are not cut rapidly, it, it's going to be heat and humidity, which will create conditions beyond which humans you know can tolerate it, and it's going to have a huge economic impact. Uh, we, we, we're likely going to see, you know, much more diseases come to the fore. Um, what other impacts does this report have? And what must organizations do uh, in response to this report? I mean, you, you've just said it, it's not an easy road. But what do you think they should probably do to get started down the road? So the... the IPCC report is, is really confirming the, the previous work of the organization. And it's 
in, in some ways very precise in the time that we have ahead of us to, uh, to mm. act. One of the key aspects is that uh, if we want to keep uh, the global warming in a 1.5 degree trajectory, which is really uh, what we should target as a, uh, as, as a planet, as, as people around the world, uh, it means we have to plateau in, in terms of carbon emission within the next three years. So we have mm. three years to start uh, inversing, inverting the curve of our carbon emission. And, and that's obviously going to require a tremendous amount of focus and effort mm -hmm. of governments, of corporates, to start putting things uh, in, uh, in motion. Mm. As to what can uh, corporates do to, uh, to jump in the, on the bandwagon. So I already talked about taking the, the time to strategize and, and understand what transforming a specific industry would mean. But there are things that can be done in a very, very um, immediate way uh, and that can have already a significant impact. I'm thinking about two types of technologies. Where, when I talk to our clients, usually I, I tell them that going carbon neutral is, is not more difficult than on the one hand reducing their energy need and on the, two mm -hmm. hand, on the second hand um, to, to, uh, green, to, make, to make their mix of energy greener. Mm -hmm. And both mm -hmm. can come today with mature technologies at a cost competitive advantage. So that, that's very mm -hmm. interesting. But if I look mm -hmm. at the at the demand side, which is one of the aspects that the IPCC report, by the, by the way. Um, you, you have a wide range of technologies um, that, that help uh, businesses reduce their energy need by being um, more reliant on, on data, more reliant mm -hmm. on automation, so that their business only consumes the bare minimum of energy. And I will take very simple example for your, uh, for your auditors. Mm. It can mean, for example, in an, in an office uh, space to turn off the light when nobody is in one office or to adjust yeah. the cooling temperature to the number of people that you have in the building. All of this mm -hmm. is relatively easily implementable uh, through technology today. And this is one part of the of the technologies we are pushing with our clients to um, uh, to help them reduce their energy. And on the mm -hmm. on the second hand, the the whole part of the spectrum is to uh, consume more and more green energy. And here, the good news is that in particular in Southeast Asia, solar uh, energy, the, the energy harnessed from the sun, is already the, the cheapest form of energy you can get. Yeah. So there is merit right now to start deploying uh, on whatever rooftop space available on uh, factory roofs or even on the, on the ground next to, um, next to the sites of our clients, there is, there is merit to, to deploy at scale as much as possible uh, solar capacity. This comes obviously with a great advantage in terms of sustainability. It, it slashes the, the CO2 footprint uh, of, of our clients, but as well, it comes with a very nice uh, economic advantage. Today, the, mm. the, the solar energy you know, is 10, 20%, even more sometimes, cheaper mm -hmm. than, than traditional uh, energy. So there are great things that we can do right away uh, to engage into uh, sustainability. And, and this is a journey, really. Mm -hmm. Thomas, just hold that thought. Let's just take a, a short break here. Um, 
ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, Tech Talk. My name is Rich Bradbury. I'm on the phone with Thomas Bordlow. He is the CEO, Energy Solutions, APAC and Southeast Asia head of Engie. We'll be right back in just a few moments here on Tech Talk on BFM 89.9, the business station. Be free-minded. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury. I am on the phone with Thomas Bordelot. He is the CEO, Energy Solutions for APAC and Southeast Asia Head of Engie. Uh, we've been speaking a little bit about the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, how they released their second part of their sixth assessment report on the state of climate recently. Uh, the latest report has for the first time assessed the regional effects of climate change. And according to that assessment, several big cities of the world are at risk. Me and Thomas have been speaking a little bit about how organizations can adopt better green message, uh, measures. Uh, and Thomas, you were just speaking a little bit about alternative energy sources there. You, you know, you, you mentioned um, solar. Uh, you guys have won several bids for, for solar. You're also involved in uh, hydroelectricity in other parts of, uh, of the world and geothermal power uh, generation over, you know, close by in Indonesia, I believe. Um, is, is what what are those discussions with um, you know governments like when when you're trying to help them or encourage them to adopt greener measures? Are they difficult conversations to have? Do you think? And are they and how do they differ when you're speaking to an organisation? Well, obviously, the, the 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 time frame and and the the. the uh, the breadth of the discussion are, are different when you address mm. a, a government. Uh, on the positive side, you can see a, a general consensus that has been formed over the past few years on the necessity um, to engage into, uh, into sustainability and, uh, and the journey towards carbon neutrality. So we are working now more on the how uh, rather than convincing our, our government um, stakeholders. And, and mm -hmm. really, uh, when I take the example of, uh, of Malaysia, it's, it's very encouraging to, uh, to witness that the latest uh, plan of the country has uh, established a target for, for carbon neutrality for the country around 2050. Mm -hmm. That now uh, the, the concept of having a carbon tax uh, has been also uh, put on, on the government's roadmap, which is a very yeah. positive thing. This is something we're advocating strongly at, uh, at NG. Mm -hmm. and, and as well as the, as the, the stop page of, of development of new coal capacity. This is absolutely essential, as I, I was uh, referring uh, a bit earlier in, in, in my introduction. So uh, discussions uh, are, uh, are more and more fruitful with our uh, government counterpart. They're, they're more focusing on, on means to accelerate and, and mm -hmm. the type of technologies that make the, the best sense, uh, which I think is very positive. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to, to businesses, you know, 
what can they do to help go about adapting to, to some of these new government in, in initiatives? So one of the merits and one of the very high uh, potential regulatory impact government can drive uh, is, is by being as, um, as clear uh, about the pace and, and the, the nature of the new rules that will be put in place. You know, I was saying that uh, we're a very big supporter of the, of the carbon tax when mm -hmm. it is well um, planned and, and with a progressive ramp up, it can allow uh, industries and, and businesses to plan, to anticipate transformation, to, to ad adapt. Um, and, and you would be surprised with a clear communication and, and a clear uh, road ahead of the level of innovation business are capable of once mm -hmm. they know the constraint they will have to play with. Mm -hmm. So anticipating those uh, those new constraints is absolutely uh, is absolutely key. Mm. Now, uh, Thomas, uh, can you just just before we wrap up, because we just have a, a few minutes left, um, can you give me some uh, other examples about how you know in, industry players are, are getting involved and how they're working with their particular country's green mandate? Do you have other examples? I mean, you, you briefly mentioned Malaysia and the, and the you know the, the, the carbon tax. Do you have yes, other examples? Of course. So I, I will uh, I, I will say that for us and for our clients, the, the we're we're clear clearly now entering uh, a, a stage where the the ambition is to make the most impact. I, I mentioned a bit earlier in our interview that a lot of the technologies were already available to consume less and to consume greener. So for mm -hmm. all of us collectively. Uh, our ambition is to find the new business models, the new partnerships approach to scale our solution, to scale those solutions as big and as fast as possible. And so mm. what we are witnessing in the region and, and something I'm, I'm working very hard with all NG teams to put in place is new form of partnerships with, where on the one hand you have an industrial um, that, that has a, a its own footprint, its own business, its own challenges around, you know, growing, staying competitive. Mm. So on the one hand, this great partner that has a business to, uh, to make flourish and an NG that comes as an energy partner and which purpose is really to deploy at scale as many um, sustainable solutions as possible on the portfolio of, the, of its partner. We are doing that right now with a, a glove manufacturer in a, uh, in Malaysia that has a, a number of sites across the country. Um, and it's fantastic. We have worked very hard, you know, on the first proof of concept. And once mm -hmm. it has been uh, accepted and has started to deliver uh, the economical and the sustainable outcome we were uh, working on, and then the, 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 the massive rollout could start. And, and that's, um, that's great for our partner. That's great for the economy we are working in. And, and that's hopefully going to inspire uh, many more industrial to do uh, the same type of approach. Wonderful. Thomas, thank you so much for your time today. You're much welcome.
I have been on the phone with Thomas Bordelot. He is the CEO of Energy Solutions for APAC and Southeast Asia, head of ENGIE. We've been speaking a little bit about the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and also how the energy demand in Southeast Asia is expected to increase by 60%. Uh, by 2040, and in line with the region's rapid economic growth led by increasing industrial activities, growing a population, and rising incomes, governments are putting in measures previously like reducing carbon emissions across the region. But are these measures enough? If you miss any part of the show, please download the podcast wherever you normally would download it from. I recommend the BFM app. It's available in the Apple App Store or Google Play. For BFM 89.9, my name is Rich Bradbury. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.